3: Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters— I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
4: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
5: Happy Christmas Eve, Straight Fire fans. What is up? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Friday, December 24th. It's Christmas Eve. Hope y'all are staying in. You don't have any last-minute shopping to do. Maybe you caught me on the Dan Patrick Show this morning. Uh, We got a great podcast ahead. I'll be brief because the 49ers game got me sick to my stomach. We'll talk about that. Rob G. will do a victory lap over Jimmy Garoppolo, just basically shitting his pants on national television. Uh, We got a great guest, Bernie Frato, gambler from Vegas, going to talk college football playoff. Uh, NFL week 16, and then I've got some best bets. It's a choppy week with the COVID, so I don't have a ton, but some good teasers and a college football bet you're gonna love for the bowl season. But first, we've got to start with the 49ers and the Titans. And you know, this is the roller coaster ride that is Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the only way to describe it. He was rolling the last few weeks, no turnovers, safe football, came from behind. Uh, against the Bengals. Well, not from behind, but a nice uh, run there in the fourth quarter when the Bengals push them. Steely demeanor of Jimmy G. And he goes into Tennessee. They go up and down the field. Touchdown. Right out of the gate. Get the ball back. Go right down the field. And end zone interception. And it was at that moment that you knew, ah, shit, we're in for a long one. If you can punch that in there, touchdown 14 nothing. even the field goal 10 nothing it starts to feel like the pressure's on. But you throw the pick, and it's like, oh, okay, here we go, doors ajar, Jimmy G rattled, and then the rest of the half, he just didn't really have it. They go up 10-0. They had a a possession that they could do nothing with to try to add to it. And this is when you knew Kyle Shanahan had had it. And this is where, uh, this is before it even got really ugly. End of the half, Niners had a buck 20. And I think they had two timeouts. And Kyle Shanahan tries a couple passes and ultimately just decides we're going to sit on it. And that was the sign where you knew he did not trust his quarterback. And that is scary for the long-term prospects of Jimmy G. I have been a Jimmy G ride or die guy. This was not his best performance. But like you can't totally crown him after one game. You can't after to get a nice five, six game stretch. you guy's been to a Super Bowl. He's not Jared Goff, okay? He's not Jared Goff. Jimmy G had a bad game. And in the third quarter, Titans get a field goal. Jimmy G with an unbelievably bad pick in deep in his own end results in a touchdown by the Titans a few plays later. And it's game on. Now he did ultimately uh lead the comeback and they score. But this ultimately, you know, this is this comes again off as Jimmy G screwed, screwed up and I know Rob G's sitting there licking his chops, just waiting to get in his jabs at Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Debo Samuel, by the way, because I know you guys care, got me. Are you ready for this? 28 fantasy points. He was projected for 14. I'm facing the number one seed. Debo, I mean, that guy's a top 10 receiver in the league. I don't care what anybody says. Unfortunately, uh, A.J. Brown was on the other side of the field and 49er secondary he got torched. So, Rob, you were laughing at Jimmy G with the rest of America. I don't know, about 50 million people watching that game? I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to dance on his grave? You want to ship
6: him out of town? You want to, to, Trey Lance? (laughs) No, I'm not going to dance on his grave. I mean, he got ripped enough on Twitter. You know, that's the problem with these standalone games, is if you do well, everybody crowns you. And if you do poorly, people, you know, jump down your throat. He was bad, but I don't think he was as bad as what social media will tell you. Um, This is you know who he is this this wasn't anything different this wasn't like a a bad jimmy g game this was a jimmy g game he'll he'll there's spots where you know when it's wide open and he'll bake you pay and he'll start out eight for eight like i think he did uh, last night and then there's spots yeah. like how you mentioned in that third quarter where it's the brutal interception or missing a guy wide open which should have been a touchdown and just throwing it out of bounds it's like that's the jimmy g experience and and i will say if i'm a niners fan I would actually be more concerned about Trey Lance than Jimmy G at this point because you know what Jimmy G is. Like, he's a game manager who can kind of do a little bit more here and there, but not consistently. And you see games like last night, and you tell yourself, we traded all of this capital for Trey Lance, and he can't do this? He can't hit the the, the schemed wide open wide receiver over the middle? He can't throw it in the vicinity of Greg, uh, George Kittle and let him make a play? Like... I would feel less excited right now about Trey Lance and I would be down on Jimmy G.
5: Interesting. Now, it's weird because you mentioned Trey Lance and like I, don't, I didn't have the broadcast on, so I wasn't listening. But did they mention him once during the broadcast? I don't recall. Okay. So, I mean, like, Jimmy G, I thought he cost him the game. I know you're giving him a little bit of a pass. But at the same time, Rob, I do want to point out this defense – I saw this stat. The Titans are the first team in the NFL this season with five conversions in a game of third and 10 or longer. Basically, Tannehill dropped back and was like, oh, where's A.J. Brown? Oh, man, coverage. Let me just throw it to him. And like uh, the secondary, you know, I don't, it's, you can't really blame them because it's a bunch of backups and guys who are off the street and Josh friggin' Norman, who's, I mean, come on. That guy was great like seven years ago. Um So the Niners' defense does stink, but at no point did Trey Lance warm up. Like, Shanahan has not lost confidence. And i got to jog the memory here, Rob. When Alex Smith was the quarterback in KC and Patrick Mahomes was like the understudy waiting, at no point were they like, well, maybe they should go to Mahomes. I don't remember that at all, but the the Chiefs also didn't get as many primetime games as the 49ers. And then it was like, okay, final week of the season, we'll start Mahomes. And then the playoff game, there was never like, a okay, let's play Mahomes. It was like a done deal that we're riding with Alex Smith. Mahomes is next year. I don't even know that it's for sure. Do you think it? that it's like, hey, we're just going to do Jimmy G this year, and then he's done, and
6: we're going to go to Trey Lance next year? Do you think that's the case? No, because I think that Jimmy G has a lot of Jordan love in him, where if he was as good as people hoped he is, he'd already be playing. Wait, Trey Lance or Jimmy G? Trey Lance. Oh, Sorry, I, don't yeah, know if I, I mean if I said that wrong. Yeah, because Alex Smith, you know, for all of his shortcomings, he was much better than what Jimmy G is. He he was very solid. He didn't he didn't kill you in games like Jimmy G did last night. Like that interception in the third quarter was brutal, and and yeah. Alex Smith was not making those kind of plays. Even yeah, in that playoff did, he, game that they yeah. lost, it wasn't necessarily him. It was whatever Marcus Mariota in that second half just went on a tear yeah. that nobody saw coming. That's
5: a fair point. I think it was just that Alex Smith was limited with his arm. Uh, and I think he had had some injuries, and he just wasn't, like, as mobile as he used to be. Um, I mean, I want to defend Jimmy G, but there's really nothing you can say to defend him. It's like, dude, he had a bad game. What are you going to do? They got the Texans next week. They should win that. And then they finished with the Rams. But it's not even a lock now that they're going to the playoffs, Rob. No. I mean, if the the they're, I said I think the Vikings win, they're then tied with the Vikings, and if the Eagles win, then they're tied with the Eagles. I do think San Fran beat the Eagles this year. I don't know about the Vikings, but like it's so weird. We're all week. San Fran's a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. They just faced Tennessee, which Tennessee, by the way, did not look good. Rob, it's basically AJ Brown, and that's it. Their defense didn't even have to do anything on those interceptions. They were just bad throws. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting, and I'm just disappointed that I lost some money on the Niners, but <laughs> I don't know. So, what's your gut telling you? Jimmy G, playoffs or no?
6: Uh, yes, because I think Minnesota's going to fold down the stretch. They're dealing with some uh, you know, COVID issues, which you'll, you will get to in the interview with Bernie Frato. Um, I think that they'll find a way to sneak in. And The, the, the Niners' biggest issue, not that they're a bad team, is that they, the division they play in is brutal. You know, yeah. like you you don't have an easy even the Seahawks that were having a really bad season. It's not like you roll over the Seahawks when you face them. You know, you're still close at least half the game, three quarters of the game. So yeah. that's their issue.
5: All right, folks. Uh tough one for the Niners, tough one for the bankroll, but at least uh Debo Samuel got us a bunch of fantasy points. All right. Without further ado, let's get to our guest, Bernie Frado. <laughs>
4: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy
3: who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
5: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire. He's been on it before. I knew him from my radio show when I'd bring him in to talk uh, lines, college football, NFL, NBA. He would just toss out NBA bets that were winners. Bernie Frato, how are you, Bernie?
7: Hey, Jason, really good to be with you again. Happy holidays. Best to you and your family. And Robert as well. Yeah, best
5: to you as well. Uh, You know, you're in rainy Vegas. I'm in rainy Southern California. Good day to curl up with a nice book. And it just so happens that you've got one out. The view from the cheap seats. I mean, when I saw Dick Schaap's name in there, I was like, oh, my. Bernie, that was one of my heroes. Dick Schaap, the sports reporters. Come on.
7: Love that guy. Dick was my mentor. Uh, and I wow. uh, actually had Jeremy on the show. My show this last Saturday night. But the view from the cheap seats emanates, uh, uh, Jason, from a philosophy I've always had. I've always been a sucker for a good story. I think most of us are. But there's an old saying, tell me the truth, I'll believe it, share a fact, and I'll learn it. But give me a great story, and it lives in my heart the rest of my life. And I, was, I mentored under Dick Shap. We were very close friends. As a matter of fact, two days ago, the 21st, was the 20th anniversary of his passing. Mm. So I had Jeremy on, on my show. We talked about it because I've known him for 25 years as well. But Dick told me his favorite sport was people. He didn't root for any teams or rooted for the story. And the truth is we agreed that the game results uh, and box scores are important, but it's always the backstories that give the sports depth and texture because you hear the results of the game, but you really feel the story. And uh, I think you'd agree, Jason, stories really entertain people. They inform, they provoke thought, they arouse emotion, they connect people to each other and they stoke imagination and, and, and they spark curiosity. So the view from the chief seats, first of all, the title is an homage from my very first radio show that I created back in 1996 at WTK 1050 Ann Arbor in Michigan, which is the, still is the flagship for the michigan wolverines and even though i've been credentialed for everything i've covered super bowls major league baseball all-star game the world series the nba finals you name it rose bowls i still am like the little kid watching the game from the cheap seats and never quite have lost that thrill so the uh the book is a compilation of about 50 stories that most people have never heard throughout the years featuring famous people like Don Shula all the way to the 1936 Olympic team and everything in between.
5: Wow. Yeah. Definitely been around 96. So you had just missed in Ann Arbor, the five, five, I guess they were right. They were like 92 92
7: and 93. They got to the finals both years and lost both years. Oh man. I love those guys. That was, that was awesome.
5: Like that was, that was prime college basketball, right? The nineties. It feels like Uh, Duke was stacked. Fab uh, Five, Kentucky was good. Yeah, it was awesome. UConn with Calhoun. Absolutely. Uh, but college basketball has fallen on hard times. W- would you agree, Bernie? Like, I-, I barely paid attention to it this season. I COVID's destroying it right now.
7: Well, I agree with you. Um, right now, now, it's overshadowed, of course, by uh, the NFL and such in college football. But you are right, Jason. It's lost a lot of the panache. It's lost a lot of the marquee value uh you know back then you talk about those great teams back in the early 90s christian leitner played all four years i know right so how many (laughs) how many folks stay all four years now and it's college you know i covered the UNLV running rebels here for seven years Mm. to do a pre and post game show rebel extra and it even here at unlv it became a way station for guys like chris wood and Ken birch uh to just come to Mm. college but Whether they won or not, it didn't really matter. And it was a way station just to get to the NBA.
5: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to root for a guy who stops by for one year, and technically, it's not even a year, right, Bernie? It's like he's essentially there for the basketball season, then it ends. You are not going to class after that. There is really no connection to the players, and then they end. Everybody on social media ends up mocking the guys who stay for four years. They're like, "Oh, he's an eight-year senior." It's like, come on, man, that's good. Like, I don't know about you. I was not in no rush to leave college. I loved it. Got a fifth year, uh, milked that out of my parents by you know I transferred school, so I lost some credits, but I was like, ah. Come on, I need. I got to stay around campus. It was awesome the fifth year. But um, all right, Bernie, let's get to, you know, you covered Michigan. I want to ask you, before we get to the NFL, you know, in your book, I'm sure there were some good times covering Michigan football. Uh, I would say Jim Harbaugh getting to the playoff is probably their biggest highlight this century. Is that a stretch or no?
7: No, I think that's fair. Uh, their last okay. Big Ten championship was 2004 under Lloyd Carr. And they mm. did have a sort of a de facto national championship in 97. They shared it with Nebraska. That was the Charles Woodson team. Yeah. But, yeah, in this century, it uh, has not been great for Michigan football. Lloyd Carr was solid, but they ran him out on a rail in 07. That was followed by Rich Rod, then Brady. Oh. And then when Harbaugh came in, let's face it, he got hired in December 2014. He was hired to do three things. Beat Ohio State, which he hadn't done. Win the Big Ten, which he hadn't done, and get to the playoff, which he hadn't done. So they're exercising a lot of demons this year, and they're very happy in Ann Arbor, although I do think they're going to have a real comeuppance against Georgia.
5: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that game. I'm trying to look for a line on it. Is it still seven, seven and a half? Seven and a half. Yeah, it four, looks four, like seven and a half. Depending
7: on where you shop, I've seen eights. So I've even seen a couple of nines out there, but the consensus wow. line is about seven and a half. 79% of the money has come in on Michigan, and it's public money. Which, as you well know, Jason, when the public dog is prevalent, yeah. it's usually good for the sports books.
5: Yeah, I, I said it right after the uh, the the show, whatever that show was on the Sunday, which was like eight minutes long, and then of course NFL just steamrolls it. But uh, Georgia has to be the side here. I, I know you like Michigan, and everybody's like, well, they beat Ohio State and they crushed Iowa in the in the. Um, you know, the Big Ten Championship, and of course, you know, Georgia, geez, they got smoked by Alabama. you got to go Michigan. No. And this is the guys thinking, like, bet what you just saw, right? And that's right. why the public's overwhelmingly coming in on Michigan. But I think we, we're both in agreement on Georgia. But what about that other game? Cincinnati, Alabama, a little tricky. I, it's come off the 14, which kind of surprised me.
7: I can't back Cincinnati at 13 and a half. That's no disrespect whatsoever. Look what <laughs> Alabama did to Oklahoma and Kyler Murray two years ago. I know. Look what they did to Notre Dame. Um, I will probably hold my nose and lay the number. I have ultimate Oof. respect for uh, Cincinnati, but I just think over four quarters, uh, they're going to see a little bit different. They're stepping way up in class and you put Nick Saban in games like this. This is where he lives.
5: Isn't it funny? Like, Oh, what? 48 hours before Georgia, Alabama, it was like, is Alabama going to make the playoff? Can they make it with a loss? Of course the game happens. Oh, they're the favorites. They should be two touchdown favorites over Cincinnati. And now they're going to win the title. I, I really want to make a case, but you're right, Bernie. I remember stepping, I said, Michigan State, that defense, and run the ball, and Connor Cook, and 28 oh, nothing. It was just right. like over at a quarter, you know?
7: Well, I I will tell you, uh, you know, you define the moment, or the moment defines you. When Bama was getting six points, I said, is this a misprint? I had one of my biggest yeah. bets of the year. The last yeah time, 92 straight games, Staben was a favorite. The last time. He was an underdog, was coincidentally at Georgia in October 2015, right. catching one and a half, and then won 38 to 10. You had yeah. a desperate, desperate Alabama team who's very good. Clearly what happened the week before at Auburn, they're human. They were looking ahead. That's what 19, 20-year-olds do. But you're going to see a very, I think, focused, angry, physical Georgia team with a front seven of the likes Michigan has not seen all year. Michigan stock and traders to run 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 between the tackles they're not going to be able to and they don't have the kind of dynamic wide receivers and quarterback that Alabama had to stretch the field that way Harbaugh doesn't want to throw the ball only he wants to throw the ball after he's sucked in the linebackers and the run has has opened up passing lanes right yeah not going to be the same thing Michigan could hang that number but I feel like it's Georgia by 10 10 to 13
5: yeah I'm in agreement. Let me just put this out there before we get to NFL. The kid Gardner, Sauce Gardner for Cincinnati, best cornerback in the country, hasn't given up a touchdown in his career. And I know he plays in a lesser division. But with Mechie out for Alabama, got injured in the Georgia game, he won't play. That basically leaves the other kid, the superstar receiver, Jameson, um, Jameson Williams, I believe, yes. the Ohio State transfer. So he's going up against Gardner. And again, it is Bryce Young in a game that, Uh, where he's had a month off, you know, massive spotlight. And if they're able Gardner's able to take away Williams, and that's tough to say because Williams is a first-round pick. I just wonder if maybe there's a case to be made for Cincy. But again, going against Nick Saban when he's had a month to prepare for anybody is really idiotic, right?
7: That, and I think football is a game of attrition. And over the three-hour period, slowly Mm -hmm. but surely, Bama's depth Bama's speed, Bama's experience, Bama's physicality. It's going to be just be, it's going to be a slow burn. It'll just be too much for Cincinnati.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: All right, let's get to the NFL. And Bernie, you're a big Detroit Lions yep. guy. I re- I think when we talked earlier uh, this season, they might have been like 0-5 or headed toward potentially 0-17. They've really turned it around with Campbell in recent weeks. But I will say this: the Falcons are one of my bets this week, uh, favored by six. I know, I know that Matt Ryan should not be favored over six by anybody, but I just saw I saw Goff was on the COVID list, and Swift is practicing, but it's unlikely to play. Uh, Hawkinson, he's out, and I just wonder if after that victory this past week, a huge blowout of of Arizona, you know, Christmas week, do they lose focus? Last time they got a win, Bernie, they went out to Denver, and Denver just ran all over them. I can see uh, Atlanta coming home. The Atlanta, listen, Atlanta against the Niners were right there. Three trips inside the 10 and zero points because Ar- Ar- Arthur Smith is doing dumb things against the Niners inside the 10, but this is Detroit. Ad- Atlanta has rolled bad teams. Am I dumb here?
7: No. Uh, where did you get the number? Because if, Did you get it at four and a half?
5: Uh, I think I have five and then five and a half, but I'm seeing six today Right, we record. Right,
7: so five's a dead number, five... Yeah, when you see the six, you start to get a little leery. But let's unpeel this for a second because you brought up an excellent point. When they got the monkey off their back and they won the game earlier in the year and then they went to Denver the following week, I don't know how well publicized it was, but 21 of the Lions had the flu. And Mm, there was no DeAndre Swift and no TJ Hawkinson, as you just pointed out. He's out for the year. The Lions have won two of their last three. Here's the question. You really don't know what kind of Lion team you're going to get on the road. Going to Atlanta – where if Atlanta brings their, their best and Lions bring their best, Atlanta should win that game. The question is, do they cover? But this is essentially a playoff game for Atlanta. They have to win this game if they want to stay alive in the, in the in the playoff race. Meanwhile, it wouldn't be the worst things in the world if the Lions lost the game because it would be good for their draft positioning. Be that as it may, they are playing hard under Dan Campbell. They love the guy. This is not an act. He's won them over. He's he's utterly sincere he's authentic and the reason i got so fired up against arizona last week is i was told by one of my people inside the organization that there was a memo circulating that arizona had put out that had their record 11 and 5 as if they'd already played the game had already won the game and the lions oh. saw that and then there was an itinerary for the following week because arizona's got a big game this week right christmas night yeah. at home against indianapolis in the memo, they were already looking ahead to that game as if they'd beaten the Lions, and they were looking ahead. Mm. The Lions got a hold of that. That really ticked them off, and they just clicked on all cylinders. Now, can they do that two weeks in a row? Eh, I don't know. So I think you're probably on the right side. <laughs> oh, I
5: love the look ahead. I, you know, sometimes it's easy to forget, and Bernie, I, I've noted, you know, I'm in the Circa contest, and I have had some great runs, and then as you get to, like, Thanksgiving and the holidays – with all the ancillary stuff, it's you get off your game, right? You're not doing your same routine every day because, you know, it's, you got family in town and you, you holiday stuff and you're going to see Christmas lights. You, you're just not as sharp. I, I didn't even notice that last night. That's a great find. Are there any sandwich spots that you're aware of this week as I as I look at the schedule toward next week?
7: Uh, I, no, not this week uh, because this week what you're finding are a lot more divisional contests. And you're finding a lot more games mm. where there are truly – almost de facto playoff games where you win or you're out and and that's what we're seeing is that'll be kind of the recurring theme as we go down the board you know you look at, at Cleveland and Green Bay look at tonight San Francisco at Tennessee we already mentioned uh you know Indianapolis uh at Arizona you, you know you get the Rams and the Vikings that's a playoff game for the Vikings Bill yeah. and Patriots so you're seeing across the board and the buys are over now that, uh, and I like your term, sandwich term, and, and obviously that does happen, but I don't think this is the week where that's happening.
5: Yeah, I guess maybe Chargers, which is the – Char- I'll Houston, get to Chargers right. in a sec. They, they, they visit Houston, and then next week they have Denver, but they have that game at home, and it's not like Denver's that good. I I, don't, I forgot who won the first meeting, but I want to ask you about the Chargers. So I'm, I'm one of the few guys left in Survivor, 20 people left. Bernie, I don't have great options this week. I basically have the Falcons – the Chargers and the Seahawks. And obviously with COVID, you want to hang around. I mean, heck, uh, you know, if some major quarterback is out, you got to pivot quickly. But uh, where are you on the Chargers? Sounds like no Bosa for sure because he's not vaccinated, but Eckler added to the list. You're not down basically, if Herbert's your best player, Bosa's got to be second and Eckler third. Is there any trepidation going to Houston, which also has massive COVID issues? Uh, I, I They've got 23 guys on the COVID list.
7: Yeah, I think the Chargers can name their score in this game, okay. and they know that they know that they they could maybe maybe afford one more loss, but they got a big game next week. They can't drop this game. Houston coming off a win as a franchise, the last three years they're one and seven. The following week, coming off a win straight Ooh. up and against the spread, you're, you're going to be laying eleven. So you've got about a ninety-six probability percent probability that the Chargers will win that game. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Brandon Staley, but I think he has to learn that analytics are a guideline, not an inflexible anchor. And and <laughs> he always concerns me. You know, I remember many, many years ago, listen, they went for it five times and made it twice. But the two that bothered me was, was on the opening drive. I remember many, many years ago, the Rams had a coach, Ray Malavese. He took him to the Super Bowl one year, got the kickoff, went down the field, 17 plays, fourth and one, kicked a field goal. The media gave him a hard time. This is many This is in the 80s. And he says, listen, I'll be damned if we're going to put together a good drive, 75 yards, take six minutes off the clock and have nothing to show for it. nothing. The yeah. first points of the game are the hardest. And I've always believed that in the NFL, I covered did 160 Lions pre and post game shows. The first game, the first points of the game are the hardest. Then when they could have made it a two score lead at the end and they elected not to do it. I don't know, man. You can't leave points on the board. Yeah, Houston is... Uh, where are you?
5: You've been around the NFL for a while, Bernie. So this this analytics debate's interesting. I, I said that, you know, some of these coaches are drunk on analytics now. They just want to yes, kind of win the narrative. Night. Hey, they went for it. And then all the math guys break out their spreadsheets and say, look, they, they did the right thing. And it's like, you know, in the in the NBA now, you really want to just win the trade, Bernie. It's like, who cares if you got any players? Did you get pick swaps? You know, did you get 2027 first round pick? Like... Like, that matters. It doesn't mean anything. And I just, some of this stuff, Bernie, is killing me. I got to be honest. I'm 0-2 in these Harbaugh games where he's going for the win instead of playing to go to overtime and kick the, kick the extra point. I just, they, they've killed me, and I guess maybe that's colored my impact on it. But I just, it's, I just feel like they're hurting the team when you, you're taking away a chance to win. Now, I'm not playing the results. I'm just saying, like, why?
7: Well, I think there needs to be a far more nuanced discussion. I've always said I understand that analytics have a place. They told us what happened yesterday. And if you think they're going to tell us what's happening tomorrow, that's based on a 1,000 simulations. So Baltimore might say, yeah, we had a 76% chance of making it here based on all our math crunching, but you didn't. Okay, great. (laughs) You're telling me the operation was a great success, but the patient died. Hey, the light turned green, (laughs) so I get to walk across the crosswalk, and I get run over by a bus. Yeah, but the light was green. Well, you got run over by a bus. What's the moral of the story? They've got to be a guideline, not an inflexible anchor. Bill Parcells said it best. Bill Parcells went for it on fourth down more than anybody back in the day. But he said, hey, I looked at my matchups. And if I looked across the line of scrimmage and Reggie White was there, I'm probably not going for it. If I don't yeah. think I can win that individual matchup. So there has to be a nuanced conversation. It can't be all or one, Jason. As John Madden once said, you can't go around life saying, never mind the horse is blind, just keep loading the cart. You've got to take <laughs> it as it comes. And in, you, you, you are in the right. Because we have the benefit of knowing that Harbaugh lost both those games. We'll never know what yeah. would have happened if he'd have gone overtime.
5: And and what about this idea? You know, it's, it's funny. I don't know if they did this for show, but the Ravens just happened to have Harbaugh mic'd up uh, for that game against the Packers. And of course... They score the touchdown and he goes, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to go for it? Like he's coaching, you know, rec youth league, sixth grade basketball or something. What do you think the players are going to say? Nah, let's kick the extra point play for over. Of course not. You know, what if he had asked Justin Tucker? What would a Tucker have said? Oh, let's go for it. Uh, Do you don't need me? I'm one of the most, most reliable kickers in the history of the sport. I mean, Bernie, and I don't want to go on a tangent. But they had rolled that Packers all, defense all day. Yeah, uh, they punted once. Yes. They, they moved the ball up and down the field. I, I just, anyways. So. And I
7: thought there was that—that was a Herculean effort last week to come back down, so many players, and to get that close and have nothing to show for it. Now they get to go to Cincinnati with their backs against the wall. Yeah. Currently, Baltimore is the number eight seed in the NFL. So uh, yeah. Playoffs. So they're on the outside looking in. They go to the Bengals as a short favorite, and they're a trendy play this week. But I can't back Baltimore this week. I'm not backing Cincinnati either. I'm being very selective. Yeah. So Harbaugh sort smart. of smart. Now, I, I do know that he's 13-6, 67%, against the number as a divisional road favorite in his career. So we'll see which real Baltimore and Rich real Cincinnati team shows up. Yeah. But they got waxed week seven at home. You saw what happened there when they were six and mm-hmm. a half point favorites.
5: This is a tough one because I saw a stat that Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, in same season rematches, Meaning, uh, you right. know, lost the first game, eight and zero against the spread. Ex- now again, I, I that, saw the same a, stat. I
7: saw nine and zero actually. <laughs> oh, okay. So,
5: tiny sample size, right? It doesn't really mean much. But what happens when you've got twenty three guys on IR? <laughs> you know, and I don't know. I, again, we're recording this Thursday. Lamar Jackson did not practice Wednesday. The line went up from two and a half to three. And guess what? Lamar Jackson no show at practice again today. And now we're seeing Cincinnati three with juice headed toward three and a half. Uh, Tyler Huntley's been a great story. He yes. is three and three and zero oh against the spread. But again, more tapes out there on Huntley. Um, he's not going to be able to help the secondary at all. Uh, they're going to get torched with all the backups they got. I, it just doesn't feel like a good matchup for me. I, I know you said you're passing, but I'm I'm leaning Cincy here.
7: Fair enough. Fair enough. Gun to my head. They're home. Uh, they've Joel Burrow to me has been a huge X factor. And y- you bring up a good point about Tyler Huntley. Why? And by the way, why this guy was even invited to the NFL combine is beyond me, but he's proven he's yeah. got, he, he's got some junk in his trunk. He can play at the NFL level, <laughs> but now they've got him on film and they're going to know his tendencies. And Cincinnati has proven to rise to the occasion every time this year when they have needed to.
5: All right. Well, uh, two more Indianapolis visits to Arizona, Bernie, you know, the whole look ahead line thing. A lot of the rookie gamblers who list who are just listening right. and starting to gamble in the NFL. They don't know that there's a line put out uh, the week prior all the time. For, called a look-ahead line where you can see what it was. And guess what Arizona was last week? Minus five, favored by five against Indy. So now Arizona loses to Detroit, your Lions, and Indy takes down mighty New England uh, in, in an island game Saturday night. And lo and behold, uh, Indianapolis is now uh, only a one-point underdog, or pick them. Uh, five points is a big swing. I kind of love Arizona here. Crazy?
7: Yeah, it's <laughs> Well, no, you've got, Jason, this is why you're good at this. You're a contrarian. Let's just unpack some facts about the game. First of all, there's a little bit of concern for me in that the Cardinals just allowed Craig Reynolds out of Cutstown State, (laughs) formerly the pride of Andre Reid in Buffalo, 112 yards last week. Now they have to deal with the prowess of Jonathan Taylor. That's Mm. a little concerning to me. The reason Arizona's scuffling in their last seven games or three and four straight up against its bread in their last seven. And they're having a hard time is they forgot how to score in the red zone. The first eight weeks of the season, they were 70% scoring in the red zone. Number one, they need that back. I don't know why Kyler Murray forgot to prosecute it off. Yeah. That could score in the red zone. They've got to, and all the pressure in the world is at on Arizona, but they are at home. And so in a situation of this nature, on a standalone game on Christmas night, I think Arizona knows what they need to do. And they do miss TJ Watt or uh, JJ Watt immensely. Yeah, I I really believe that. But you've got to be the uh, the contrarian, which I think you are. And I'm with you. I would lean Arizona. You've got to throw the master of the obvious out the window and believe this team and Cliff Kingsbury does have enough in their DNA to get this W.
5: Yeah, I, I like the Colts, but again, w- w- let's remember you're you're backing Carson Wentz, who is uh, you know a lot of people are like, oh, he's just doing enough. I I just I, I'm not buying it. I'm not a huge no. fan of his work. He's not. And he's oh not by the practicing. way, uh, yeah, if Kyler Murray wakes up and starts running again, like you alluded to, I mean, I don't know, is is he still hurt? That can't be the case. Last year he averaged over six yards a carry. This year it's like three point eight. And if you look at Lamar Jackson, you remember that Monday night game against his Colts defense? You know, like 400 yards passing, like 70 yards rushing. I think it was 500 yards total offense and just killed him. Like, Kyler Murray just run around be that video game guy, and and you should be able to to roll this team, right? I'll tell you what,
7: you, you, again, here's here's another thing, and I give you top credit. This is a sharp angle on your part. So you've got you've got the Cardinals at what at what number did you get them at?
5: I'm well, pick them is the, is the best, but it looks like they're they're favored by one right now.
7: Right, I see one one and a half. Some shops. Here's the point: the look ahead line was five. I'm glad you brought that up. Every Wednesday here in Las. Vegas. There are two shops, the Westgate and the Circa. They put up the look ahead line. So, for instance, there are already week 17 lines out there, and Mm. that can affect totals, that can affect lines, and sharp guys, if they know where the direction's going to go, they grab the line. So you got a good price. You got yourself an excellent price. Here's why it's doubly excellent. You're buying a good team low Mm. and selling against a, a, a not as good team, frankly, high. And I could I didn't research it, but you could actually go back and see what the line would have been back in July in the original send-off line. Bet you it was much more favorable towards Arizona being a favorite. My point is you not only have a good number here, this is a team Arizona that's probably better than Indianapolis at home. You're getting them, you're getting them low, you're buying a good team low and selling against a, yep. a not-as-good team high. If I, if I could stumble that out, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah,
5: buy low, sell high. Perfect, yeah, uh, great business principle. Uh, so, Bernie, uh, I I wanted to maybe do Chiefs, but they've got a lot of COVID issues. Uh, the Saints, obviously, are down to Ian Book, former Notre Dame quarterback. You know, I, I don't way, know if he's throwing a pass that. in the NFL. Miami,
7: they feasted. You know, they're 6-0 oh, uh, against the number, their last six. They face Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Mike Lennon, Zach Wilson. And you just said it. This week they get Ian Book. <laughs> but they, they, I
5: think this one, yeah, they're on the road. I haven't seen the New Orleans defense COVID list. Um, because I, I, I do think Lattimore, if you can put him on Waddle, this offense is really limited. You know you can't run. Duke Johnson's not running for 100 yards against the Saints. So I, I don't know. I think that's going to be closer. I'm not I'm not a, totally afraid of taking the Saints there. But is there a game you love that you're all over, be it the Cowboys as double-digit favorites, Seattle uh, against Chicago? But It sounds like Justin Fields is hurt. I don't know if he's going to go. The NFL, a lot of injuries, uh, so the intrigue is everywhere. Any game you love?
7: Yeah, the one game I – I got to hold my nose a little, but I grabbed Pittsburgh plus 10 and only because they, the way they have just continually battled this year, all of a sudden, because the chiefs have looked so good in their last six and, and they're 24 and three in the last eight games of the season, the last four years. So they're playing their best for last Mm. 10 points is just too many in this game. Uh, the Steelers are playing for their life. It's all about motivation. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I could see that line being six and a half, seven, but you make that double digits and I'm a player on Pittsburgh.
5: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, number grab because Kelsey and Hill are on the COVID list. If one is back, there's no way it's close to 10. If both are down, this is what a field goal, Bernie, maybe less.
7: It could it, Absolutely. It, they Those two guys can move a line a lot. Uh, I'd like to ask your opinion on the game, Jason, in all seriousness, the Rams are laying three at Minnesota and the Vikings. Well, let me, without going through all the analysis, I I'm not a fan of, of Matt Stafford ever laying points on the road. And I think he's over. (laughs) that's a conversation for a different day, but uh, this is a, this is a Vikings team and Dalvin cook is now on the, on the COVID list. It seems like they're being overlooked here. What are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, you know I have this. I do this gambling show for Fox, and in my notes on this game, Vikings play up to their competition. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Packers. Don't tell me about Don't tell me about what it was like against the Lions, because right. for whatever reason, the uh, Lions Bears Zimmer doesn't care. He just three yards in a cloud of dust. His team's not up for it. He's almost like uh like a Mike Tomlin, if you will, where mike tomlin hey put them in an underdog spot and pittsburgh is feisty as hell i mean zimmer is an underdog five and two this season uh i do wonder dalvin cook out uh is Thielen a go have you seen anything on that
7: i just heard that he was in covid, uh, COVID protocol today but it is oh. only thursday maybe if he has a couple of positive negative tests yeah. or something uh but the vikings can beat the rams with either one they've been their own worst enemy missed field goals you know turnovers yeah. inopportune times typically an nfl game comes down to five crucial plays and the vikings seem to be on the wrong side mm. of those one final game i did fire on this i did grab the new york giants plus 10 against the eagles wow uh, now here's what's interesting is they've been re- the giants have been pretty good as a road dog the last 5 years as mm. a, you talk about a home field disadvantage just blew me away last week do you know, Jason, since 2017, at home, the Giants have played 31 home games, won only 10 <laughs> outright. They're 10 and 21 straight against up in 31 home games. And that's a home field disadvantage. 9-22. Yeah. And, and even they even had free medium soda Sunday last week.
5: Oh, I saw that. <laughs>
7: not, not large soda, not extra large, free mm, medium. medium soda. And the best I can tell. They're undefeated the week following free medium soda Saturday. So it was yeah, clear. of course. No, but that's, a, I'm lot just, I, that's <laughs> a lot of points in a divisional game this late in the year, and I'm you know I'm looking at the value. It's a short week. Remember, the Eagles had to play a Tuesday night game, and the Eagles are very erratic. So I think I think that game's actually closer than people realize.
5: Interesting, uh, Jake Fromm. Yeah. I think making his first start right because Glennon is just abysmal. You can't start him. But the, no. interesting that Sirianni got COVID right. So. What we've seen the last couple weeks is, listen, if a head coach gets it, who's he been around a lot? Well, his assistant coaches usually get it. Sometimes his quarterbacks get it. So if Hertz Hertz gets it, you're looking at Gardner Minshew. I don't think that's a big drop-off. No, But there's a chance both of them get it. So this is one of those, I I mean, I like your idea of grabbing 10. I think I'm going to probably go there now and just grab a a little taste of 10. Um, But quickly to go back to Vikings-Rams, I I asked about Thielen because, like, if you put Ramsey— to follow around Justin Jefferson. I don't think he'll shut him down, but he can slow him. Then And, and Dalvin Cook is out. Then it's, what, the Alex Madison-Tyler Conklin show? And I just don't trust that Vikings line. Like Aaron Donald up the middle, just nightmares for Kirk Cousins. Uh, I can see that unraveling. Uh, what did you think of Cam Akers, by the way? Coming off injured reserve, didn't he tor- tear an ACL in, like, August?
7: Yeah, I thought he was out for the air in August. That's why they got Sony Michelle. So I, I'm yeah. a little baffled by that. Look, it's going to come down to the Rams stopping the run, and they're not great against the run. And I hate to be cliche, but it'll probably come down to turnovers. And and the Rams have a pretty tough duty. They're they're still fighting to get that number one seed. Mathematically, they're still alive, right? Or not? In, in, in to win their division. But after this, I got to go to Baltimore, and they got to finish up against San Francisco, who's had in Shanahan's had Sean McVay's number. So. The Rams got three tough weeks, and I could easily see them going into Minnesota this week and screwing the pooch.
5: Not it would not shock me either. All right. Bernie Frato, his book, The View from the Cheap Seats is out. Get it hard copy. Uh, Bernie's got a great storyteller. Bernie, thanks for taking the time. Happy holidays to you and yours, man.
7: As always, thanks for having me, Jason. Keep up the great work. Merry Christmas to you and your family.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats.
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet.
5: Great stuff from Bernie Fratto here on Straight Fire. I always like Bernie Fratto. Good information. Big time information guy when it comes to the NFL and football and gambling. Good stuff. Hope you guys pick up his book. All right, let's get to a couple NFL best bets for this weekend. Before I do NFL, I do want to say something. This is a little crazy, but I just want to put it on your radar. And I know we're not doing a lot on bowl season. By the way, another bowl was just canceled. Hawaii has to bail out of its bowl. Um, COVID, you know, bowl game, bowl season's brutal this year. I barely, I don't know if I've watched five bowl plays yet. Um doesn't mean I haven't gambled on the games. At any rate, SEC now 0-2 in bowl games. Missouri lost to Army. Uh, Missouri's best player ended up not playing, and so Army ended up being favored by a touchdown, but they won anyway. Army beating an SEC team. Come on. Okay? And then last night, UCF, a touchdown underdog, rallies to whoop Florida 29-17. Kind of a beatdown. Kind of embarrassing. And these aren't like major programs are losing to. The SEC's now gone down to UCF and Army. Just let that sink in. I know motivation matters and coaching changes and all that fun stuff. I get that. I get that. But from a sheer talent perspective, the SEC probably in both those games had at least 15 of the 20 best players on the field. Maybe maybe 20 of the best 25. I don't it's got to be somewhere close to that. And the SEC lost both of them. I did something, eh, not that crazy, and it's not a ton of money. But I went and bet Cincinnati money line against Alabama. I'm not saying the SEC stinks, but the SEC has not played well in bowl season. Okay, this is not some sweeping indictment of the SEC. I personally don't think Cincinnati will win. We touched on it with Bernie. It's easy to talk yourself into fading Alabama in the playoff because you've had a month and you're rooting against Alabama and it's Saban, and I, I, I would love for Cincinnati to win. Obviously, I do have a little bit of money now invested in Cincinnati money line just in case. It will make it for fun, and obviously we'll preview the game in much greater depth next week. Let's see what happens with the line. But all right, let's get to the NFL lines. And this is another... Really tough week. And obviously the Niners lost to start the week. Don't feel good about that. Um felt like it's a what right diagnosis. You just can't really handicap Jimmy G turnovers. I mean, is bad. You know, those interceptions were brutal. Um, also brutal is the COVID situation. The New Orleans Saints quarterback room decimated. They are down to Ian Book, the, I think, rookie out of Notre Dame who will be starting, rookie or second year guy. Um so now Miami's favored on the road. I'm not touching that game. Uh, in the contest, I might be forced to take Dallas. I know it's not going to be something I really want to do, but there's not a lot on the board. Like, what do you do with Denver? I can't back Drew Locke. But at the same time, I can't back the Raiders when they don't have Darren Waller. I mean, do you see how bad they looked against a half of a Browns team that was practice squad guys? Like, Nick Mullins nearly beat them. And Denver's got a much better defense. I, so I can't touch that game. Kansas City and Pittsburgh, way too much COVID. Um, who knows who's going to play in that one. And you got to get the picks in by Saturday around, uh, noon, uh, noon Pacific one, whatever it is noon or one Pacific. And so I don't, nothing's good. There's not going to be no clarity. I want to take the Patriots, but I know what's going to happen. Remember last time I took bills against the Patriots, Patriots win, and I'm going to take the Patriots this time and the bills will win. That's just, I can already see that happening. Jets, Jags. No, thanks. Jets have a million guys on the COVID list. Games come down to pick, but Jacksonville, no, thanks. Uh, I really want to take the Rams, but it feels like every square gambler on planet earth is on the Rams and you could just see it. You open social media and it's like, Oh, Rams are going to kill him. No Dalvin cook. I mean, they were fine without with Madison and in the lions are one of those. I'm sorry. The Vikings are one of those teams that play down to their opponents. So when they face the lions and the bears, they don't look good. And then when they have to step up in class against say the Packers or the chargers, they look good. So, uh, Vikings probably going to scare me off there. I really want to take Cincinnati, but that's another one. Like, do you really want to go against some of these Harbaugh trends we talked about in the Bernie Frado thing? Like, I, it's tough. A- Atlanta's a team I really want to take, but unfortunately, if the Lions COVID report comes up good and Jared Goff is back and a bunch of their other guys are back and Swift actually plays, which is a stunner, he was supposed to be shut down for the season and then like, god, practice twice this week. What? So that line's coming down. And, I mean, come on. You lay in a lot of points with Matty Ice and the Falcons anywhere. Um, Let's see what's going on with the Chargers, the Giants. This is a really tough weekend. Uh, The only games I really like, Arizona, is one that I definitely like. You guys know how the market works. Buy low, sell high. Selling high on Indy. Buying low on Arizona. Rock bottom on Arizona. Bargain basement price. Uh, nobody wants to touch the Cardinals this week. They stink. They can't stop the run. Cliff Kingsbury. All the narratives are true. It's like, come on, are you kidding me? This is not that bad of a team. And they get their center back. And if you watch the uh, if you watch the game last week against the Lions, it was brutal. I mean, their line was getting caved in. Um, I just I, Colt secondary is kind of beat up. I think there's a big Zach Ertz game. Um, I'm on the Cardinals. I already bet it. Uh, that's one game that I definitely like. I know, listen, and not a lot of people are going to like that. That's fine. Um, I, I guess if, if I'm forced, and again, it's Friday, there's COVID issues. If I'm forced to make a pick, um, I probably would lean Bengals ultimately. Um, I I can't touch Green Bay at seven and a half. Um, this is a great teaser weekend. If you want to tease Green Bay down and I'll say this. Cleveland, the recipe's there. Run the football, keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, right? And then you're like, okay, well, guess what if Green Bay, like, makes adjustment and stops the run? Well, if you don't have Miles Garrett, groin injury, I uh, hadn't practiced this week. Uh, two cornerbacks are out. Newsom and, and I think Johnson are both out. And it's like, well, what? Like, you, you don't have a pass rush and your secondary's hurt? Oh, okay, good luck. Um so I, I, Green Bay will be in every teaser I have. I think Tampa. I know it's not going to be popular, but I'm going to wait for that. Hopefully to get to nine and a half, and I'll tease them in every game, every every um get wager that I have. I want to tease the Eagles. I'm just I don't know. Coming off the Tuesday night game, and as we talked about with Bernie, some concern over COVID. Let's wait that one out. Uh, I'm definitely teasing the Chargers down. Uh, if, you will, if you're if you into teasing up Minnesota, up to double digits. Remember, they play every single game close. Um, cousins coming in the back door, down 17. I totally see that. Rams don't really blow out good teams. They blow out bad teams. Um, but this is a tough week, and there's no need to fire on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. You can wait till Sunday. I know that sometimes people don't like to bet um, on game day, but... And that's because you know the markets. The lines have already moved significantly. The big money players have their two hundred thousand dollars bets down. But I, I think this is a good weekend to wait. and Teasers are your friend. All right, guys, have a great Christmas. I'll uh, I'll be hosting Dan Patrick Show again on Monday. Yes, again, and uh, we'll have a podcast Monday as well. And uh, I'll talk to you then.
0: All State wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue.
7: Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh?
2: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we can go surfing. (laughs) I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah,
1: Ski slopes. Let's
2: do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby.
4: Wait, did we just invent California?
2: Discover why
4: California is the ultimate playground
2: at visitcalifornia.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week.